Welcome. Welcome to the Capital Vineyard Podcast. In this season, we're exploring our faith journeys and stories. Everyday Christians with extraordinary tales of hope, faith, and love. Our stories make us who we are. They are a powerful means of encountering and sharing Jesus and His kingdom. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Kia ora tato, church family. Welcome to episode 7 of Imago Day. On this week's episode, we have Andrew Want, but before then, some feedback for Henry McClintock. Andrea Neal says, You're a tall, strong Cody, not just because of your height, because of your strength in the Lord. I'm so thankful our kids have you in their lives. Kirk Hodgson said, Thanks, Henry, for sharing. I resonated with a lot of your story and how your relationship with God and your mind works. It's encouraging because sometimes it feels as if there's a chasm between myself and the rest of the church. And yet here I am, not alone. Appreciate you and your wisdom. And Caleb Clayton said, As I listened to you talk, Henry, I couldn't help but think about the centurion that approached Jesus requesting healing for his servant. You seem to have this simple faith that is just absolute. The way that you just know without a doubt. I love it. I encourage you to step out with this faith to see healing, as that is all it takes. Faith. And without further ado, here's Andrew. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Johnny. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm real good. <laughs> good. Um How's things? <laughs> things are, things are good. Yep. Are you gonna get well. the giggles on yeah, me? Yeah, totally. That's good. That's feeling going. It's happening. It's happening. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, how's lockdown been for you? Start from the top. Start from the top. Lockdown was good. Lockdown. Um, I couldn't work, which was great. So I had five weeks off, which was awesome. Um, it was kind of nice and crazy to be at home with all the family. Like, we were so together all the time, as everybody was. Um, but it was good. Like, we had a good time. We had some crazy times. We did lots of exercise at the start, lots of bike rides and bushwalks and what have you. And then by the end of it, we didn't do as much. <laughs> yeah, I think we were the same. And um must have been hard with, like, school-age kids doing the, trying to do the teaching and all that. It would have been if we did, yeah. We didn't do anything at all. Yeah, so. we were we were quite similar. We didn't end up doing nearly as much. And this is coming from a teacher. Yeah, yeah. No, we got the um the school was like, if you want to do stuff, do stuff. If you don't, don't. And we asked the kids and they were like, nah, so we didn't. Yeah. There it is. And um you've recently started a new job. I have. How's that going for you? It's going well. I'm on week four. And it's going well. It's a very different pace from being a hairdresser to um, taking startable five calls at the moment and moving on to 111 calls for the police. Yeah. Yeah. And that shift work. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I've done my first full shift of six days, which was cool. So, yeah, it's quite a different way to 
do your um, sleep patterns and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, we'll see. I've done a week of it basically so far. That so cool. what? when do the shifts run from? So you six on, four off. So six days on and then do two, two mornings, two lates and then two overnights. And then you have four days off. So, so on Saturday, I finished at 4 a.m. And then went home, went to bed, got up at like 10.30 and then had the days off. That's cool. Yeah, so I guess we'll start from the start. And um, I, it's such a broad question. I probably need to change it. But like, how did how do you feel like you came to know the Lord? Um, I'm gonna say twice, and you know, every day since then, obviously. But um, first time when I was a kid, when I was like 17, used to go to Baptist camps for years and years and years, and didn't become a Christian. And then went to a camp one time, and they were like, "Oh, do you want to be a leader on a camp?" And I was like. I'm not a Christian, so I'm not going to be. They were like, all right. And then that was the camp I became a Christian on, which was quite cool. Um, and it was just an interesting moment in an evening where I didn't have anyone pray for me and didn't necessarily experience a massive experience of anything. It was just there was a sense of this is real. There's like an absolute reality to this moment and this thing with a God and stuff. And there was just like a something that kind of hit at that point. And that's kind of been discovery since then, effectively, which has been cool. And so that was just at the camp? It wasn't, was, were you in your room by yourself? Oh, or? no, that was just like one of the nights, like one of the nights they do stuff at camps and people get prayed for and people tell their testimonies and, you know, all the kind of yada, yada, yada that goes on at camps. Um, which people who don't know if you've into camps <laughs> may not know what any of that is, but I kind of that was my background growing up, so that's kind of what I knew. Um, so it was just at a, a night, and then um, I think on the last night when I said, you know, become a Christian, and everyone's like, yeah, and it was kind of it. Then you get invited to a home group, and then that's how life carried on from there. So yeah, that's kind of that was the beginning, the genesis, if you like, when I was like seventeen. So, and then there was a second time. You- yeah, so how much of a story do you want? Oh, all of it, mate. All- <laughs> cool. Um, so 17, you know, being 17, went along to home group, what have you, and then like played in bands and you kind of, you know, the stuff that goes with playing in bands and kind of drifted away from stuff and then started going to a Presbyterian church in Lower Hutt and put a lot of faith in... Because I was quite young to the whole thing of faith and what have you. So I put a lot of faith and in the church and then funnily enough got quite disenchanted with that fairly quickly. And then was like, well, this, if this is what it's about, like if the church is what it's about, then I don't want a bar of it. So I kind of left at that point. And that would have been when I was about like 19, 18, 19. So not long after sort of becoming Christian through high, end of high school. And then from there, it was playing in bands, going out, nightclubbing, all that kind of stuff. And the second time where a revelation hit, if you like, was in a club, like one night, and we were all, you know, getting wasted and what have you. And I just got instantly sober in the middle of a club, which was quite annoying because it's not why you're there, right? Um, so tried to remedy that and couldn't. 
just stayed completely sober the whole night, which was just a very strange experience. But you have that feeling of you have a, a, wee, a different awareness of kind of what's around you and what's going on and similar to the sense that I had when I was a like 17-year-old. That would have only been like a couple of years later. So I was kind of like, well, this is, there's something still there, you know, get rid of the church side of things, which way was kind of like, that's what it's about, get rid of that. Um, so it's kind of more, there's a sense of something, it's just discovering what that something is since then, which has been a really good discovery. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so um, from there, did you start going back to church from that second experience? Or? Yeah, I had some friends who were starting up a young independent church, that's always fun, um, over in Rangatai, and got hooked into that fairly early on after they started. So I wasn't part of the start of that, I kind of came along afterwards um, and joined their band, which was quite fun, and was with that for like three and a half years until it exploded. And that was like an amazing time. We learned heaps, experienced God in kind of different ways and kind of different actions and stuff, which was really cool. So that was kind of quite a growing part of faith as well. I'm kind of not putting a whole lot of faith in the church aspect of it, but kind of making it more real and about who you are and what, what it's about for you rather than what the places you're representing that you're going sort of thing which was quite cool. So it was quite nice to be a part of an independent that didn't have a, um, we had a mission statement, I suppose, but not really like a, like if you want to be part of the Salvation Army, you've got to have a declaration you've got to fill in and that sort of stuff. I think the Baptists do the same sort of thing and the Anglicans, like these are the things we believe, these are the things we don't believe. There's kind of none of that. It was just kind of like, you could believe what you like if you like and be part of it, which was quite nice. But I quite enjoyed that. And then that one blew up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It did. Um, yeah. Yep. And so, <laughs> if, <the> <laughs> it, um, I know. I mean, we're kind of dancing around it, but like, I know that that was like gyro. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, have you had? Have you had two like kind of moments where you're like, it's not about church. So you had one moment when it's not about church yep. and then you had quite a good experience, but then that blew up as well. Like what were you feeling uh, about church after that? After that, quite good actually, because it wasn't about that. Like that was, um, it wasn't, oh, how, how would you put it? Um, it was quite growing in effect, I found. and I, I, I think other people found the same thing afterwards of kind of, because it did blow up quite spectacularly. Um, it did then just come down to you and what you believed because nothing could hinge on this thing that wasn't there anymore. Like you had nothing to hang a framework of church over because it wasn't there, you know. So what you were left with was with you and what you believed and how you believed and how you prayed and how you wanted to find God after that. So it was kind of, I found it quite a growing experience, <laughs> if anything, which was quite nice. And so... um where does Pip fit into the picture? When did Pip come along? She came along. Um, and there's too many stories, eh? Like, too many. Um, we met when I was 22. She was 17. Um, Jira, I was going to Jira at that point. So that was going. Um, I had recently had my experience of kind of... Um, not going to nightclubs anymore and meeting, hanging out with other Christian friends and going to this new church that was awesome and what have you. Um, and probably about a year after that that I met her 
and the rest of that is history. It's a long time ago now, so because I ain't twenty two no more. <laughs> and so, what like between Gyra and Vineyard? Like what? What was the story like? How long did it take to start coming along to Vineyard? Because you've been a long time CV, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, Gyra blew up. We got married soon-ish. This is where history is going to get a bit, a bit, a bit flaky. But it blew up. We got married soon after that. Um, so then we got married, and then decided we we need to go to church somewhere, and we kind of shopped around a little bit, and we knew people who went here, so kept coming back yeah that was about it <laughs> and so i think i was already coming here then yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so but it's got to be somewhere between 15 and 20 years that you've been coming to see yeah we've been married for 17 and we came we started coming here soon as we got married so we've been here for like 17 years yeah because i'm i'm around about 20 years now yeah there you go which is Shoot. like over half my life yeah, yeah, that's like scary in itself. <laughs> it's really scary when you realize it's over half your life. Yeah, yeah, in the same place. It's yeah. like that's just dawned on me right now. Like my, <laughs> Do you want a minute? Yeah, I, I need a moment just to, <laughs> to deal with that. Just taking a breath. Just taking a breath. Yeah, so um, I guess the next question is like, how do you. How do you experience the Lord? Um, what are the, what you know? What keeps you coming back? What makes what's kind of the foundation there for you in terms of um, this whole Jesus thing? Yeah, yeah. So foundation is there's a th- and this is where I'm going to be quite vague and I can only pin it on sort of a vagueness of um, there's a thing that I, you can't shake that I can't shake that's come. Has, that keeps coming back over and over again. It's just this thing that I can't get rid of. Of there's this thing. There's a God. There's a thing out there. And the best way I can framework I can pin that all on is in the Christian faith. Is kind of how to put it for me. So, so I experience God in a a few ways. So one through music. Like I really enjoy playing music, obviously, and um, can experience God through that when you kind of, and part of that I think is a feeling of combination, like I think if you get a group of people together and kind of breathe all together at the same time, it gives you a sense of oneness and togetherness, and music can do that as well, and I think God is in that moment as well, which is really nice. Um, Also, in this kind of like feelings you get, like when you're praying for people, that's the thing of kind of when when you kind of pray for someone and then like you know two years later you're like oh yeah you speak to the person again and I I did this and blah 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 and you're like cool that's like totally what we prayed about and that all those things kind of came true or happened or whatever you know which is kind of quite cool so there's this, there's these things that just keep coming back that are kind of undeniable if you like yeah so would you say the thing is like a feeling or just like a knowing? Oh, it's probably... Both both, and together and separately at the same time. So sometimes there's a knowing of things. Yeah, awesome. Um, And sometimes there's a feeling of things as well. 
Um, and I deal a lot in feelings. I'm a lot more feelings led than I am um, practically led, shall we say. Um, yeah, so I, I, I deal a lot in feelings, but sometimes there is just a knowing, and that's what the, that is the thing you can't, I can't shake. I was going to say that it, um, it's, it's almost beyond like those two things, those two like knowledge and feelings is too simple a word for the, yeah, the yeah. thing. Yeah, That's yeah. why I, like, I, I, I kind of relate to that. It's like more than just like a thought or a feeling. It's like... Yeah, it's, it's almost like that's what... Yeah, it's, it's undescribable in a sense. You know, that's why we try and describe, I think, God in so many different ways and how people feel it and feel God and how people talk about God when they experience God. Like, there's so many different ways people unpack that and talk about it. It's because there's not a, like, nothing's good enough. You know, like, there's not a thing that's like, ah, oh, that's how I experience God. That's how that is. There's not, like, a, a one thing to sum, to sum that up. Yeah, there's no, um, there's no simple answers. And, like, there's also, like, just a multitude of experiences. Yeah. Totally. And then I reckon like some sometimes you just relate particularly to like um yeah, you might hear somebody talking about it and you're like, Oh yeah, mm. he's creep they're creeping towards what I'm experiencing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like with their language and what have you, but it's never quite like the same. it's quite um quite undescribable. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I recently had an experience where, like, I found starting my new job quite stressful because I've left my whole life that I've known for 25 years behind. Um, and it's been quite a different experience because I've gone from something I've known very well to something that I don't know very well and I have to learn all over again. And that's quite full on. Um, but I was walking to work one day, listening to a bit of music, and you kind of, like... It'd be awesome if there was like something, like you know, I just want God to do something and feel something and what have you. And I've been quite emotional, right? This is like after lockdown, like lockdown was quite emotional because there's just so much kind of tension and like the house was six of us and you know, what have you as well. And I was going to work and I took a long way around to work, so it's a little bit early. And I was walking over the bridge up from Civic Square, from the waterfront to Civic Square. And it was just a little black, someone had just written something on a placard and just like on a bit of cardboard and tied it to one of the handrails. And I read it. I can't remember what the heck it said. Um, it was kind of like, today's going to be good or something, like really dumb like that. Not good. It wasn't quite that. But it just totally hit that moment. I was kind of like, when those kind of numbing feelings kind of hit you, of like, actually, it's going to be okay. Like, it's going to be right. There's those moments that just kind of hit you for no reason sometimes. You know, or that there is a reason behind them, you know, because you kind of need a bit of a boost or whatever. But whoever put that there wouldn't know that I'd see it, is what I'm saying. So it's kind of things tie together and work together. Yeah, it's um, in some ways it's logical that it happens then in the sense that it's exactly what you need at that moment. Yeah. But at the same time, like, if you kind of buy into those, um, that kind of narrative that, like, um, it's what we're seeking out all the time, like those sorts of feelings. It doesn't really like fit in with that. Yeah, yeah. Because you can make anything up if you like, but that's kind of not how, it's not kind of how it rolls, I think. Like things hit you when they hit you and sometimes quite left field as well. Like you can be in church or it can be 
like I had an experience when I was at the back of the salon when I was on Willow Street years and years ago and having a cup of tea and a cigarette and just sitting there and one of those moments just hit, which was quite bizarre, just sitting at the back of the room, a sweet cup of tea, having a fag, and it was just like, and I, at that moment I stopped smoking that night, on a regular basis anyway. Um, and for no reason besides there was a feeling and a moment inside where it's kind of like, and that's that done. Cool. Yeah, I've found that quite often you know, like I'll go through long periods of like seeking out something like that to no avail. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, then out of nowhere. Yeah, all yeah. of a sudden out of nowhere like something happens. Mm. And it, it's not always when I haven't been seeking it out because like that, then that would just be another kind of coding. Like rule. If yeah, like, rule yeah, of yeah. it. But like, um, yeah, just sometimes when I'm least expected or I'm like about to give up or whatever is when, or I have given up even better, is when like something like that will happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting those seeking out moments, hey, I can be having a moment where nothing happened um, when I was much, much younger. So after I became a Christian and kind of was at high school and having a moment of walking home from a friend's house really late at night and on the road and being like, God, if you're real, like, come on, like, do something and show me something or whatever. And just, yeah, like, just all of that. You're like, cool. But then, weeks later, stuff happens, stuff changed, things link together and things happen. But there's that moment of kind of, like, quite sinking nothingness, you know? So There's something in surrender as well, like, when you stop striving, stop trying to make things happen. Yeah, yeah. I, I at least I found like sometimes, yeah. Sometimes it's when I've actually fully given up that the connection happens. Yeah, yeah. You can see it because you can see everything at that point. There's nothing else left around you, and eh? yeah. Cool. So, um. Along the way, have you experienced um, seasons of doubt and uh, what what's kind of brought you back in the end? Um, from when I was, like after the church, after Jara blew up and stuff, the only sort of doubt that's been from there is kind of like, um, but I quite like doubt, like so I quite like questioning. So doubt's quite cool. Like I remember when we were in our home group, and he was like, how are you going? And I was like, yeah, I'm going for like a real like faith crisis. And I was real happy about it. And like no one could understand why I was happy about it. Because <laughs> um, doubt, doubt to me is like questioning. Doubt's when you find out what else is going on and what you actually believe and kind of how you can whittle stuff down to as little as it can be, you know, and how little you kind of know about stuff. Um, so that was quite recently. Like that would have been like a year ago. Year, two years ago? I don't know. Maybe you know, more. Do you know maybe more? Yeah. Maybe, maybe three or four. Maybe three. Yeah. We'll go for three and no more, eh? Um, yeah. Like it was, yeah, I find like there's always doubt because you kind of don't know what's going on. Um, it's kind of just what you put stock in. So I found I put, um, put my stock in less things over the years of kind of like, but there's always, with God and Christianity, there's always a, 
that thing that's that the the unshakable thing like you know what you know what you know you know and then you can find out more which is great um and the more you find out you know the, the classic the more you know the less you know you know so um yeah doubts i quite I, I find doubt like it's not always fun but it's always good and i kind of like that like yeah yeah you it's kind of i always think of those metaphors of refining fire and that sort of thing in your left you've got an impure metal or mixed metal but then when you refine it you're burning away the other stuff to just be left with the the gold or the solid stuff and um my experience of doubt's been like that as well although i can't say i've relished um <laughs> my periods of doubt quite as much as you by the yeah, sounds yeah. i wouldn't say relish but you kind of like i don't know like i'm 43 now and kind of knowing that life is just a giant sine wave. Like he's on described life as this a while ago and it's really resonated with me. I've kind of life is just this massive continuing sine wave. So after every time life is awesome, there's always going to be a down. Like without fail, there's always going to be a down from that because you can't sustain it up here. And every time life is down here where it's not very good and there's times where it, you know, is not very good and you're not happy and what have you. And, you know, you struggle through life and it's like, grrr. But there's always an up. Like, there's always an up. And you don't know how big, like, you know, not that anyone listening to this can see my hands move, but if they could, <laughs> they'd be doing this. Um, but at the top, sometimes that can plateau for quite a long time. And at the bottom, sometimes that can plateau a long time as well. So it could be a sine wave or it could be a sore wave, right? Like, it can be quite drastic as well sometimes. So you never quite know. But in the end, it kind of... It always does that. But I found I would tip that on its axis. And I'd say the sine wave is always heading upwards at the same time. So the up, the sine wave is always going, but the axis of that is tilting more and more degrees up because it's generally I found getting better, which is good. So Yeah, that's cool. I, I guess the the common Christianese for that would be like seasons. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah, totally. So I've had a... Um, chat to a friend of mine recently who's not a Christian who we were both just totally in winter she's unfortunately still in winter um, and I feel like I've hit a bit of spring at, with my new job and what have you which was really cool so I'm nowhere near summer quite yet but definitely the thaw is happening shall we say so yeah like all those metaphors I think totally work you know um, which is cool So, I think part of me like well, at least in the past, rages against the idea of seasons. Oh, really? Like, well, go on. I I quite often think to myself, like, or I went through a time of thinking, like, this has got to be nonsense. Like, surely, yeah, right. like, um, yeah, like, it's something I'm doing that is resulting in the um the flow of it. The flow of it. But isn't everything, like, I've kind of come to the idea as well of kind of like God, like God made nature, God made the planet, if you like, and all that, if you want to be a creationist, but like made all these things. And everything speaks about the nature of God, you know? So how, like, the seeds and how, what, how they have to die to live and all that kind of stuff and the seasons they go through 
we've got like how everything speaks to us. I think about how I found, or I found it was worked for me anyway. It's kind of uh, everything around us speaks to us about how life is. We just kind of have to be aware of, I think, kind of the signpost sometimes of what God's put out there. Yeah, I agree. Now, I just part of me like was got to the point where, like, I think I thought that the struggle needed never to, like that. Like it always had to be hard or something. Or no, like the opposite, that somehow like it should be it shouldn't be like a constant struggle. But I think I've really it even just in the last couple of years started to reframe that as like there's some problems in your life that are worth having. Right. And that there's there's suffering that's worth having. Okay. For the good stuff. Like nothing good comes without like some battle and pain. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, if you think about it, like... Um, Can't make an omelette without breaking eggs. Yeah, like you... Marriages. Yeah, yeah. Like, they are tough sometimes, yet they are where the gold is. Yeah, yeah. Because you go through something and you get the other side and that's when you find something's different or something's better or... Yeah, and, and there's this per- pervasive thing in culture at the moment where humanity is like trying its hardest to avoid all suffering at oh, all yeah, costs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's why there's a reluctance to like the things like, you know, children are the same, marriage is the same. Yeah, yeah. Good relationships with mates are the same. Totally. Like everything that's your relationship with the Lord's the same. Yep. Nothing that's really worth it comes without some toil and yeah, yeah. hard work. Yeah. And maybe even suffering. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, yeah, totally. Yeah, and so like I found that reframing just so helpful for life. Yeah, nice. <laughs> like because then you're not like, oh, this shouldn't be here. This is abnormal. This is, shouldn't be like this. Yeah, yeah. It's more like, well, this is here. It's about how you get through, not kind of. Yeah, exactly. Not avoiding stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, so which is why doubt is awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I don't disagree with doubt, yeah. like being a constructive force. I think the problem is, is that as Christians, sometimes people pretend like there's a lot of pretense about it, and there's a lot of denial about it. To be honest, and um, not people are scared of that if they engage with somebody that's doubting that they're going to. Get yeah, the yeah. disease, yeah, yeah, or yeah. you know, something like that. Yeah, like so, I they're scared to question. be there. Yeah, yeah. But the the ones that are willing to talk and engage are the ones that save people, save people's faith. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, God ultimately saves their faith because it's the thing, right? Yeah, yeah. The thing that people come back to. But like sometimes it's those gold conversations that you've had with real people that keep you holding on. Yeah, yeah. But life is keeps going. It's good and it's bad and there's everything else in between. So, for sure. That's awesome. And I guess jumping back a bit, like, to worship and experiencing the Lord that way, like, yeah, what's your worship journey been like? It's been good. Yep. Um... It's gone from just playing music because that's what you do um, 
do actually, it's that feeling of engagement. Like, it's one thing I personally like is seeing people change, develop, and unify. That's like my massive drivers for life is seeing people um, moving forward in life and doing that with other people because other people are kind of awesome. Um, so worship, I find for me, is there's those moments um, when you can tell, maybe not everyone in the room, but most people in the room are kind of on the same page. Like you're kind of all in that one breath together. And I'm part of that, as everyone else in the room is part of that, you know. But there's those moments of just feeling like you're kind of in that moment together, which was really cool. And kind of anyone can sing anything out or I can play anything or whatever. And it's just kind of all together. And that's quite a awesome feeling. Like that's a feeling um, of that unity, which I, that's what I really like about that, you know. Um, and it's cool. I think that's really quite contagious and quite infectious as well. Like I think in those moments, I think when we're all together, and you're in that same moment together, I think if anyone walked into the room, anyone would better feel that, regardless of what stage of life or anything. So I think that's when you've got this presence and this togetherness that's kind of unfailing, which is really nice. Yeah, and I think people quite, I think people miss the point um, sometimes um, with worship. And I totally agree with that idea that it's a unifying thing because there's not actually that many other activities that you physically do all in unison. Yeah, totally. Like when you're all singing like from the same hymn sheet, that's yeah, yeah. where the, you know, the expression comes from. Like you're all... I mean, that I think that's where liturgy gets its power as well. Obviously, Jesus as well. But like the that they you're all speaking the same truth at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's what it is when you're saying, you know, these songs based on scripture and stuff like that, you're all s saying the same truth. Yeah, and yeah. There is some sort of amazing unity that happens. Yeah, I really relate yeah. to that. It's cool. It's more than just the the words to that as well. Like there's definitely a background or a back of feeling of kind of that connectionness through that, which is really cool. So... And it's just nice to better be part of that enabling force behind that, which is really nice. So I quite enjoy that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And and you you were starting to touch on like the last question, which is kind of what makes you, you know, really cry out to the Lord and really give you passion for like the kingdom. And I've heard you talk about this before, but like this kind of, you have a passion for unity, which is really cool. Yeah, I I do. I like things being together. I like people being together. I don't like people being apart. Um, and I like it when people can get along, you know, and there's these moments with worship where you, there's this unity that gets in there, which is really cool. Um, and a, a driver for me is ch like instigating change or having ch being part of change to get things together, to get things better. That's kind of what I like and I feel a urge to do, if you like, you know. Um, and sometimes that can come across as being slightly rebellious and sometimes it's nothing and sometimes it's everything. Yeah. 
I don't know quite how to unpack that. It's kind of that's like a, a feeling I have about me and life, but I don't know, kind of you don't always know where it goes. Like I've been amongst parts of big change and that's awful sometimes. And sometimes it's really good. And it generally ends up being good, but yeah. With the idea of unity, have you like seen that working out in your life in any ways? And how do you kind of see it in the future? Like have you got any inklings that where the Lord might take that? I did. <laughs> so when I first um, left, I had a job on, when I was working on Water Street and I left there, had a moment, one of those moments. Jam. Um, no, no, no uh, Jam was after that actually when I was working at Willis York. So I did my apprenticeship and I met up with a bunch of um, Christian folk in Lower Hutt and there was a speaker who came over from the States and it was, I don't know, it was kind of this weird thing that was going out there. That was fine. Um, I had a moment there one night of kind of like what to do. Pip was over in the UK at this point. We'd been together for like nine months and she took off to the UK. And I was going to go and visit her over there. And through this night, um, I felt God saying, like, leave your job. I'll look after you. It's all good. I was like, yeah, if I do that, I can't visit Pip in the UK. I'm not going to see her for like another year. That's not going to be very good, is it? No. It was like, well, you know, just I'll, you do that, I'll look after you. It's all good, which was really cool. And um, through that, I got sort of like a feeling of I'm going to be involved in somehow uniting people or churches together. Now, to sort of put a thing on that, there's these moments, like life is about the perspective you have at that point in your time, and time, right? So we're always evolving about what our viewpoint is on the world and life and who we are and how we understand things. So back then, I was a lot younger and I may have interpreted that differently to how I'd interpret it now as well. So then I interpreted it as I was going to be involved in uniting churches across the country. Um, and I did leave my job and I started up my own business and God was ridiculously faithful of kind of providing money for me, by providing for me and Pip and providing for our family. And I had a job I did for 14 years and what have you. Um, so being the gung-ho sort of idiot I was when I was like 20 or something and was unemployed for three months, which was quite fun. Um, rung up a whole bunch of churches around town, was like, hi, my name's Andrew, how are you? Um, I'd like to offer my services for free and help you out. Yeah, that didn't go down well with anyone, um, <laughs> as you can imagine. Um, and that nothing happened with that at all, which was like awesome. So I was like, all right, let's back in your box a little bit, mate, and just try and sort some stuff out, which was quite interesting. Um, and as it went on and I ran my business, I ended up doing leaders from all kinds of different churches all across Wellington. So just meeting and like did nothing with them besides cut their hair and have conversations. But at one point, I think I was doing like four different pastors from four different really big churches across Wellington, which was really cool. And people who were involved in those churches and different leadership levels and all kinds of stuff. So probably all up a good, I don't know, like 50 people who were involved in quite high up positions in different churches across Wellington, which was really cool. I did nothing besides have conversations with them. 
that's what I did. Like you can't hear and you chat to your hairdresser, you know, which was cool. Um, so I took that as, you know, influence of any kind as influence of any kind. You know, you, you talk to people. And I learned a whole lot myself, which was really cool. Um, so I'm not so, hi, oh, my name is Andrew. How can I help you anymore? Which is really good. Um, and I'm more just, I meet people and you meet people and talk to people and come what may from there. Like that little sign that I saw going to work a week ago. Like that was there. Someone put that there. I saw it. That meant a lot to me. And that was awesome. And that made my whole day really good. Um, so you never know where your conversations are going to lead anyone. You never know how your driving is going to lead anyone. You never know how, what exactly is going to, how someone's going to interpret what you've put out there, you know, which is really cool. So with the unifying of things, we'll see. I'm not willing to knock on any more doors quite yet. <laughs> um, but I think, I think you're the sort of person that does bring people together. Like, um, you know, just when you're around, like you're a warm, loving, like sort of person and that like... Thank you, Johnny. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it's true. Just like even at worship and stuff like that, like when you're there, you have a way of like knitting people together. Cool. And like that, I think, you know, speaks to that passion. Yeah, yeah. Just cool. I, I don't nice mean to that hear. to sound like... Um, no, that's uh, nice. Cause that's something yeah. that I I feel, but you don't always kind of know how true that is, you know. So that's, that's really nice to hear. It's cool. Just finally, before we go, um, what's your favorite bedrock scripture my favourite bedrock awesome um, I wouldn't say I have a bedrock scripture but my, a scripture I really like one of my favourites would be it's somewhere in James and I forget it but it's draw closer to God and he'll draw closer to you gold like draw near to God and he'll draw near to you which is good so wow it was really awesome um, talking to you you as well even in these weird cans it was good <laughs> thank you cool thank you